0: After the the fracture and being out for that extended period of time, but feels good. Got the jump back. Here's a chance. Munson scores. You're listening to All the Kings Men, the official podcast of the Los Angeles Kings. Here's your host, Jesse Cohen.
1: We're at Toyota Sports Center. Joining me today, LA Kings insider John Rosen. How are you doing today, John?
0: Wonderful. Big thank you to, uh, to the Kings and the Junior Kings for accommodating us here in, uh, I guess we could call this the uh, Junior Kings HQ. That's not what it's called. But. Well, why not? Yeah, no, why not? And uh, the,
1: the fans have been clamoring for him, demanding him, constantly asking me when he'll be back on the podcast. My second favorite hockey buddy, Pumpernickel. How
2: are you doing today, Pumper? Doing great, Jesse. I can't help but notice this account on eBay, JC... King's podcast has eighty-five Tyler Toffoli bobbleheads for sale. (laughs) I did find another one this morning. (laughs) Managed to
0: get out of Staples. First favorite. uh, Oh, the Royal Half's my best hockey buddy. (laughs) I'd be insulted if I were you. I
2: mean, well, I'm just—it's better to be in the top five than the top one hundred, like you, John.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I I moved up. (laughs) Now,
1: uh, now, John. your title of LA Kings Insider comes with a bit of an asterisk this week, Is, does it not?
0: Uh, yeah, uh, I shared it uh, over the weekend, but I'm going to be going away for a couple days. I'm going to be gone Thursday and Friday. There will be uh, no blogging from me on the site. Uh, I'm going to Madison, Wisconsin. I'm going to call the uh, uh, really exciting college hockey game, University of Wisconsin hosting Notre Dame. Uh, Notre Dame has won 11 games in a row. They're ranked third in the country. Uh, their coach, Jeff Jackson, actually coached Dustin Brown with a Guelph Storm uh, just over a, a little bit, about a decade and a half ago. Um, so I, uh, I'm gone. I will not be doing anything, Kings. Please don't ask me for like <laughs> the 19 Jeff Carter updates that I seem to be getting a day. Uh, I'll have another update for Carter and you in a little bit. But uh, more importantly than that, we are ceding control of the blog to <laughs> Pumpernickel. Am I not allowed to say your name? I think I am now. No, okay. <laughs> I'll believe it. Go on. Okay. okay, hold on, I'll start. Oh, okay. Not, I'll no, believe no, no it. I'll believe it. Okay. i believe it. Okay. This is great. So. No,
2: John, it's, you know, if you wanted to get fired and get that severance, is a great way to do it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, you know, I do have a couple of questions because I, I have followed you on Twitter uh, for about two weeks now. And, um, you know, I, I just wanted to bring something up from the game against Minnesota. I Just one screen grab that you brought up. You know, you kind of put blocks, number of blocks, around the fact that Jake Kopitar... Uh, has played 869 games, has 269 goals, and 769 career points, and he used hashtag Knights three times. Is it that type of content that we should be expecting for LA Kings Insider?
2: Well, see, John, the, the thing was, the last night with Kovatar assisted on Gabrick's 400th goal, there was a lot of attention paid to his 500th career assist, I want to make sure fans knew his other stats and how nice they actually were.
0: They were nice. Whatever
2: you are inferring is inappropriate. <laughs> I
1: want to know, though, John, about your upcoming opportunity. Will we be able to ask you about the uh, hashtag Fightin Irish goalie tweet-off?
0: Oh, uh, no, there's no controversy there. No. Uh, Cale Morris will be a net uh, for the Fighting Irish. He's a guy who's filled in now. Not filled in, but he's—you know he was back up to Cal Peterson last year now with the Kings in Ontario. Uh, and he's been probably among the very best goaltenders in all of college hockey this year. So no fighting Irish goalie tweet off. Uh, they will have a morning skate. Uh, and uh, that's all. It'll be fun. And, and it's amazing that the Kings uh, provided this opportunity. There will be a couple more opportunities I'll be sharing at a later point in the second half of the season. Uh, but Mike Galtieri, Luke Robitaille, Kelly Cheeseman uh, have been incredible in allowing me to do this. So, yeah. Um, Thank you, Kings and, fans, too. Seriously, they
2: you know that I'm doing
1: this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and before <laughs> before we start the pumper era of LA Kings Insider, R.I.P. LA Kings Insider, uh, John, you uh, you just came back with the team from the recent road trip, uh, 4-0, perfect road trip, only what, the third time, I think, in uh, franchise history? Yeah, third four and 4-0, there's also 1-5-0, and o. they're all
0: over the last, you know, nine years. Right, so it's, no it's, surprise is, there. Yeah.
1: No, <laughs> um, but what was it like? I mean, what was the mood? Amongst the players, amongst the staff, you know, it must be fun to go 4 0 on it, especially in big, like, no disrespect to, like, Columbus or Pittsburgh or, you know, or some of the less glamorous towns, but DC, Chicago. You know, those are... Uh, I'll, I'll take this one. As yeah. new <laughs> insider, I'd like to point out
2: that before that 4 no road trip, there were no photo bombs this season. That's right. <laughs> in, in the back of uh, post-game interviews and then now two in
0: one game. So No uh, Darcy Kemper wearing a Jonathan Quick's T-shirt. <laughs> so <and good>. <laughs> all saw. That just happens just because guys, they just like get off the ice and they take their right. what we call gitch off. I don't know if anyone knows the term gitch. It's like... Hockey underwear. I feel like I have to believe that now. You should know that you're Canadian, um, and so you know they don't have a dry shirt, and someone just toss right. them a t-shirt. It's, so, it's
1: kind of like when we shower after the podcast; you yeah. just grab whatever shirt you see. But 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 again, what was the? I mean, it, 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 spirits obviously must be be raised. In yeah, I
0: think anyway, you know. I that. think the way that I would kind of you know provide an example there was when we were in Chicago. We had a practice day on Saturday. Beautiful day in Chicago. Um, and this, these are the types of questions you can ask when at the time the team had won four in a row they order a ton of pizza and so we asked the guys about Chicago style pizza, mm. what's your favorite type of pizza, that actually made its way into the uh, you know, the practice report that day, we threw in a little bit of a, uh, a fun moment as uh, Jeff Solomon uh, uh, you know, he called himself a pizza expert, didn't want to be quoted but we made sure that we got in there, self styled pizza expert Jeff Solomon was uh, at least referenced in the article, asked John Stevens about it Um, And he says for comfort food, you know, he's more of a kind of a steak and shrimp cocktail uh, type of a guy. But it's, you know, those aren't the types of questions we're not asking, you know, John Stevens about pizza. Right. About, you know, if the team has lost like three out of four or something Sure, sure. So, you know, it opens up the the fun kind of freedom to write about those types of things while also covering what's going on with the team. Um, So it was a good mix. Um, The the group was happy. Uh, They beat some good teams. It was great going into the brand new rink in, in Detroit, which I thought was beautiful. Um, so so a good road trip, and now they've got to take that play uh, from the road and bring it home because they can stand to uh, improve a little bit at home. They've been checking well defensively. Um, You've seen good strides, pressing shots, pressing chances, uh, and, you know, that seemed to continue. They had another strong, committed effort against Minnesota.
2: That's interesting they would talk about pizza when they're winning because that's notably a comfort food. You would talk about when you're losing.
0: Yeah, yeah, you know, that's, you know. (laughs) Maybe they're you know crying into their pizza, topping of tears, but
1: um. not not to beat the pizza horse uh, any further. But did Alex House uh, jump in and and promote the New York style of uh, pizza as well, being?
0: First of all, before we go any farther and <laughs> yeah. actually bringing up pizza brands, uh-huh. uh, I have to bring up that Kings fans can get fifty percent off. of... <laughs> uh, uh, Papa John's. That's how uh, it's That's the win. kind of... If this podcast, <laughs> if this podcast <laughs> yeah, yeah. gets
2: up before 5 p.m., it, yeah, it gets yeah. out after that, <laughs> out the way from the ex-L.A. Kingswood. Uh, but I have,
0: you have to say that because if I were to reference, like, Lou Malnati's, which is a Chicago kind of staple, and that's what Alex was kind of, uh, you know, he, he says that he's a big Lou Malnati's guy. Uh, there's also Pequod, which is great. I think Geno's is also pretty good out there. That's, that's good a stuff, shoot. yeah. Um, but... Um, you know, it's it's we had a great great time, good meal. Uh, only had to stay about twenty hours in St. Louis, which is you know that's all right in my book. But you know, it, it was a good trip, and the guys were happy. You know, more importantly, getting uh, getting stuff done. And now we heard it as well after the win against Minnesota. All of a sudden, taking care of business, Bachman-Turner Overdrive is being played in the Kings' room after the game.
1: That seems like an odd choice. It does seem like an odd <laughs> choice. I did not
0: think, but you know what? They're, they've been taking care of business, and that's you know that's what kind of they've been celebrating with after uh, some recent wins.
2: I mean, things just repeat themselves, right? The new generation finds an old song, and they just keep going <laughs> with it. It is a classic. Personally, I <laughs> thought they
0: would have gone with like Bjork's hyper ballad or something like that, more esoteric. But I also don't. I've no. I
1: literally, yeah, I've literally never heard that song. Um, let's talk about um, taking care of business. Let's talk about prospect business because. Uh, some draft, some, some news out of draft, out of a recent Kings draft choices.
0: Uh, yeah, Gabe Velarde um, is uh, back with the Windsor Spitfires. He has been cleared for contact by the LA Kings. Um, this is a good development. I know that he has not yet played this year. Uh, he has had, I uh, believe, a procedure on his back. There were issues with his back with his hip, was checked out, and even had an MRI with the Kings back um, uh, when he was here for development camp. Um, but there were questions that I remember hearing at the beginning of training camp, when is he gonna play? Is he gonna even be able to play this year? Um, so the fact that uh, Windsor should be able to get him back right now. Windsor's been uh, more than treading water. They, they lost a lot of guys. It's been tough after uh, you know, their Memorial Cup run last year. It's always difficult in junior hockey, the year after you host Memorial Cup, he, there's usually a drop off in talent, but um, he, he should be there. Uh, was not named to the Canada World Junior preliminary wow. roster. Um, but has been cleared for contact, did come back to L.A. Uh, very early in the week. I think it might have even been late last week, it was over the weekend, but is back in Windsor. And uh, is probably a couple weeks away from getting into a game, so that's good news.
2: i of these Gen Z kids, you know, getting a job, they're <laughs> never actually working a day, and I'm still expecting all the
0: benefits. <laughs> uh, but
1: it is good news. Um, Velarde obviously taken in the first round, the Kings put a big premium this year on the draft, right? This They need this year's draft to to yield some results. Yeah, and
0: it looks like they've got some other really good names that are turning into really interesting prospects right now. Um, two players that were named to the U.S. World Junior Team, um, the first of which is Mikey Anderson. From what I'm hearing, he's on this team. Like, he's a pretty much a shoe in to make this, uh, this U.S. team. Dealt with a, excuse with a tiny bit of an injury earlier this year for uh, Minnesota Duluth. But um, he... Uh, uh, he, he is a good, pacey puck-moving defenseman. Gets that puck up ice quickly. Doesn't spend a lot of time uh, in his own zone. Has been showing a good, multifaceted game. Uh, and then there's Cole Hults, who, uh, when I saw him when he came into development camp, he really seemed to have already um, have a pretty good body. He'd already gone through you know a couple of years of you know USHL hockey, but um, had a good hockey body. Uh, and has been a good producer so far for uh, the. Uh, you're laughing at me when I say good, good hockey body. I think, but two goals, twelve points, eighteen uh, in eighteen games with Penn State, uh, and he's part of a good Penn State team that bombs away from anywhere. Um, good that has good offensive credentials, and he really came onto USA's hockey radar late. It, it is not expected that Cole Halts was uh, going to make this uh, preliminary roster. Uh, so the fact that he is there, uh, this is somebody who was a fifth round pick. Uh, these are these are guys that are looking right now like they're uh, overplaying their draft spot just a little bit.
2: But Thanks for the blog post idea. Tomorrow, first thing we're going to be ranking the hockey bodies and the <laughs> yeah. LA Kings prospect. It, it I, always I, impresses <laughs> me when a
1: guy comes out of the fifth round or the fourth round or something like that, and you hear, you know, there'll be a trade like the Torrey Mitchell trade, and it'll be, you know, a conditional pick, and it, it's the difference between a fifth rounder or a fourth rounder, and the, the sort of casual conversation becomes, oh, well, you got him for nothing, or, you know, you got him for a, a marginal asset that... that isn't expected to, to be much of anything. But then you look back at the drafts where, okay, fine, you got Drew Doughty in the first round, or you got, you know, Brayden Shen in the first round. But then in the fourth, fifth, you wind up with guys like Alec Martinez or Dwight King. or
0: Yeah, and, and you know what? You look at some of the history of NHL drafts, I, I mean, I think the, one of the more uh, kind of, they call it Mr. Irrelevant in football, this is not meant as an insult, but the last player selected in a draft, uh, Patrick Hornquist was, mm, I believe, one of those guys. Good. And um, even the Kings... You know, you know, Mr. Irrelevant uh, was uh, um, defenseman Nick Eber, who was played a role on a Calder Cup championship team, and then was traded for Jack Campbell. So there is value in every single draft pick, and the Kings have done a good job uh, of once they get those guys, of finding guys that. that what they're looking for, and then really doing a good job developing them and giving them that opportunity to uh, to play pro.
2: I love when Jesse takes these controversial stances, though, of saying he's impressed when lower-round draft picks pan out and do well. (laughs) (laughs) What I mean to say is I think it's easy to overlook
1: the importance of these. You know, you think so much attention is paid to that first round. But I mean, just flipping. Oh, I skipped that first day. I only watched the (laughs) second
0: day of the draft. Well, you know, it was funny because we went back and looked at the 2000 draft because that's when Marion Gabriel was taken third overall by Minnesota. Uh, And the Kings actually got some pretty good usage of their first four picks in that draft. Only two of them really did anything for the team. But in their first round, they they took um, Alex Frolov. And in the fourth round, they took Lubomir Vishnovsky that year. Then you had, like, in the second round, they took Andreas Lilia. Who did not have an extensive career with the Kings, but did did get in with the, the Red Wings and played over 500 games in the NHL. And then there was like Yannick LaHou who was also sandwiched in there too. Wow, Yannick yeah. Lahu, dip, 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 dipping with an X back. at the
1: end of his last name. Yeah, I remember yeah. Yannick Lahu. Wow, that was a <laughs> that was a deep one. The next 45 <laughs>
0: minutes of this pod are going to be about Yannick. Pretty much, really well prepared. No, yeah, but I mean, look, Johnny
1: Brodzinski, a fifth round pick. Uh, Jordan Nolan, a seventh round pick. You know, uh, locked on of a fifth-round pick. There's, there, you build value in your franchise by by converting these these deep picks. No so, doubt, no doubt. I, I just had no know. idea the Kings had a team before 2012. So <laughs> <laughs> that's what. As far as I know, that's true because that's when I met you. So, <laughs> um, so let's talk about the current team, and let's talk about uh, my—I well, don't want to say favorite player, but a player that I'm fond of defending vehemently on social media, and that's stand Pearson because um, there was a quote that you had in one of your columns, John, from, from Coach Stevens, um, about Tanner Pearson. He said, I don't have the raw numbers, but there are lots of games where we came out of those games and Tanner and say, you're getting all the looks. We'd like to see him finish on those looks, but I think he's been getting chances, and he goes on to talk about uh, some of the better things that Pearson does. He's on pace to have uh, to equal his best offensive output, uh, obviously heavier on assists than in goals in past years, but obviously they're not looking to him this year. You know, I've... Nobody's going to complain about more goals. But it seems to me that since Carter's gone down, his role has slightly shifted. He's playing a, a more of a, a playmaker, um, four-checker role on that line. Uh, what about his game has sort of defined the, the team in general?
0: You know, I go back. I think the more representative goal of what he's been able to do uh, this year was, uh, I believe it was to... Foley's goal in Montreal—the slap shot uh, on Carey Price from the right, uh, right circle—where that goal was set up when Pearson won a battle and just just rubbed the guy out along the boards and freed up a lot of space for Tyler to Foley. So it, it's those types of, uh, of plays that he's known for. I mean, the discussion actually began with a really interesting question from Daryl Evans at, uh, at the morning skate back on Tuesday, he was asking on whether other aspects of his game are overlooked because he's not scoring. Um, and John Stevens in the context of the answer he said he's one of those guys that when goals go in the net and if you go back and look he won a board battle and shift the puck out of the zone or he got in on the forecheck and got a play stopped up as he said I think he does a lot of the yeoman's work that leads to a lot of offense and I think that's why he fits well with Tyler because Tyler usually puts himself in position on those pucks that get turned over so he can do something with them um, so right now what we're just seeing is, is that line is scoring and Tyler is getting the majority of the goals on that line um you know, I I don't think it's any instance where we have to really go and approach Tanner at this point because his game seems to be fine. Um, i say we
2: go do it right now. Let's go find. <laughs> him. I, I know where his car is
0: parked. <laughs> Tanner,
1: talk about why you're
0: not scoring goals. Um, yeah, but you know, it's it's it always comes back to when you ask players this: if, if are you still getting the looks? Are you still getting shots mm-hmm. off? He should be due for a really big rebound because he's not hurt and he's always been a high shooting percentage guy. Um, I always believe in the law of averages and the law of shooting percentage that what goes up must come down what goes down must come up Um, so you know, when you're still young when you're that age and you're not dealing with any injuries that that he should be expected to uh, progress back up to the means so uh, expect a a pretty good second half from him Uh, and again even when he's not scoring he's still doing some pretty pretty good things but again you look at it right now four goals in the season and, and the team could use more than that but on the other hand they, the team has averaged better than half a goal per game more than last year. So, that team-wise, they're playing a strong game.
2: Yeah, the the trio of Pearson, Campaign, and Tripoli, and I know they don't play together all the time, but um, three young guys who the Kings really need a lot out of. The Carter triplets, as like, I'm the, decided yeah, the, to start calling them. But the three of them, you know, <laughs> <laughs> they've scored uh, 27 goals and, they're aver- and combined they're shooting 13.1%. And that's including Tanner Pearson shooting five point nine percent. So, which, like John said, yeah, will we'll, we'll rebound. Yeah, which, yeah. which means that you know Pearson's going to score six goals the entire year, and, <laughs> and Kempe's going to score fifty. Yeah. Uh, and
1: and I also think it shouldn't be overlooked. Pearson currently leading the team in uh, in Corsi percentage. For yeah, whatever that's yeah, abs-
0: good point. That's I remember, and German Shepherds. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's my advance uh, Wait, whoa, 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 whoa! Leading in a, wait, are there a, there are the German Shepherds on the team? Or is it just I don't Emma? Think, I think it's just Emma.
1: Because didn't well, didn't the other one? Le- I don't know. Talking about Gimla's Dog Anya was Ange? she also uh, was a... I well, I feel like there was another one that left but anyway look none of us are are uh, are the uh, the dog experts none of us are on the seating committee for Bark Madness so we'll worry about that in March oh, you don't but, know uh, anything about the seating I'm
0: <laughs> I mean this is the I know it's a its know it's a I know it's a two right
1: man uh, uh, oligarchy
0: um, let's get let's talk to let talk to <laughs> a little bit more here I'm happy to always talk hockey but I, I just want people to realize because. You may have read him. You might have retweeted him at times, and now. God, sure. oh, man, always, this, is this is the longest leaping. This is the longest everything that I've <laughs> ever said. Again. What are what are the things that you've worked on, John? I'm a part-time writer
2: for LAKings.com. <laughs> I am up in the press box. I, uh, Jesse banned me from the podcast. The the ban just lifted. The 18 months. <laughs> Just because I stole a pie one time. Uh, no, but it's been a you know it's been a, it's been a pretty wild wild journey. Starting out just tweeting online, talking talking to you guys, then uh, taking over the royalhalf.com there for a couple of years, and, and getting in the good graces of the kings. And... Tweeting at Dustin
0: Penner and having <laughs> Dustin Penner really appreciate the things that you tweeted him, like uh, calling your attention ESPN uh, mistakes in their articles.
2: Uh, and yeah, no, it's just it's been great like getting the, the access by just making more friends within the Kings and being able to do like more funny things that you guys see on lakings.com. It doesn't always have my name on it, but it's it's been really cool to work with everyone.
0: This is something that I, I am always impressed with because the Kings have been a digital media team that has influenced a lot of other digital media teams across sports, and this was something that you're now a part of. And Pat Donahue has had a bit of big impact in. And before Pat, Dwayne Hank, it's, uh, and they've always had the backing of people like, you know, Kelly Cheeseman, Mike Altieri, and, and Luke, obviously, too. So just in terms of how it's evolving right now, because these media practices, they don't stay static. You know, how do you see kind of what the team is looking to do and getting its message, getting its voice out now? compared to maybe what it was three or four years ago and obviously how different it is from probably, you know, 10 years ago. I
2: mean, just everyone's just trying, trying to stay relevant with the Golden Knights. They just do everything absolutely perfectly. A plus tweets, A plus content. It's, you know, it's, it, it's like we're just drowning now and just trying to swim to the top and just catch catch what they're doing over there.
0: You know, I think that, you know, I, I still look at the Blue Jackets. They do a really good job still, too, with their, what they're doing. Sorry, I'm leaning. I was almost going to fall over here um, <laughs> in, in what the Blue Jackets are, are still able to do. And they now have a Blue Jackets insider, Brian Hedger, got there. Do you see, just in terms of, like, different teams, um, you know, employing maybe some are more independent than others in terms of a load, of a beat writer that the team employs and how they use them?
2: Yeah, it's 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 one of those things where, um, you know, hockey is kind of lower than, than the other sports. They You don't... Know, Sometimes you get great access. Sometimes you don't. Like you pitch an idea and you're told there's no way the team's ever going to do that. And the other times, you're really surprised that you you uh, you, um, you know the royal half says let's let's rank the player dogs. Next thing you know. They're like, hey, can you do more with it? Yeah, it's Three, three <laughs> years later, it's a sponsored bit. <laughs> yeah, no, it's crazy. And then, you know, we're like, hey, can we get, uh, we pitched the idea to the Kings. They love it. They're like, yeah, let's get the dogs on the ice. But then Staples Center says we can't have eight dogs running around on the ice. So.
0: <laughs> you know, I think it, it manifests itself in the broadcast, too, where you see, I think Alex has done a wonderful job, and you even saw that, you know, early in the year, the, the Agita, you know, kind of discussion where he used the term Agita. Oh, Jim I Fox missed didn't that know, totally. Didn't didn't know what Agita was at the time. And then you saw a graphic that came up a couple of minutes <laughs> later that said "added," had the definition there, or even where you, you know you incorporate all the the video bombs that are in there at the end of the game too. That's because the
2: blood pressure medicine,
0: right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I one, just one, yeah. I just
1: feel like the broadcast could do a little better. Could have a tighter tighter filter on who they allow on their intermission breaks. Yeah. they've been uh, they've been falling down on that part. Shakes my fist, Andy Lastner. <laughs> <Lassner. laughs> But, uh, Pumper, I wanted to ask you what you think about this team because obviously, you know, we joked around earlier, you were claiming that you didn't know the team existed before 2012. But the reality, for those who don't know, is that Pumper is a, a foreigner and learned English by listening to Bob Miller as a child. It's one of the ways you learned English. And, and Nick. And Nick, yeah. and Nick Nixon. And so the Kings are as much a part of your life as, as you have become a part of theirs. So, what is, you know, watching the last three years and the, and the disappointment that came with it? How excited are you to see what appears to be the, the rebound season that everybody hoped this year?
2: Well, you and the Royal Half touched on it on Monday, just saying, you know, when the, when the season started, it was a ton of rookies. It was a lot of excitement, a lot of first goals, where every night they were celebrating like a new milestone, so to say. And and that's kind of, you know, it's not that it's gone away completely, because some guys have bubbled to the top and others, you know, going back for more work in Ontario. But with the addition of Jokinen and Gabbard coming back, it's, this team's fun, like, it's so much more fun than it has been the last couple of years. And whether that's, you know, uh, Rob Blake and Luke Robitaille taking over, or it's John Stevens, if it's everything put together. If it's John, you know, not wearing a tie all the time and, like, actually <laughs> showing a little more personality. And <sighs> some chest hair. <laughs> but whatever it may be, it's just there's, there's more of, like, a funness around the team. And it's, it, you know, when they went on that losing streak it felt like all the goodwill that had been earned those that first month where fans were getting excited just immediately went out the window. And it it's just weird to me how Los Angeles is such a fair-weather city when it comes to their sports. And, you know, a team doesn't make the playoffs two out of three years, and the one year they make it, they don't last very long. That Everyone's just kind of like, well, the Kings must stink, and I'm not going to pay attention to them anymore. Then they win eight games, and it's like, oh, they're great. They lose two, and they stink again. So... I, I don't know. I'm just i I'm surprised that fans haven't gravitated back quicker more than anything because the team is a really fun product to watch now.
1: I was having a conversation before a game earlier this season. I was talking to uh, Hoover, the producer of the telecast, and he was asking me, do I think the Kings will make the playoffs? And I said, yeah, I don't think there's any reason to expect that they shouldn't. And he was asking for, for reasons why. And I said, well, just for starters, um, two years ago, they had the Norris Trophy winner, the Selkie Trophy winner, and a Vezina candidate on the roster. Two of those three players, well, one of them was out for 60 games. The other one was out for, what, how many games it cooked? I missed six or seven, I think. Yeah,
0: he missed six last. Uh,
1: but then we just saw that article on NHL.com that said he was nursing a wrist injury the whole year. So two of the three of the Trinity that you talk about, John, all the time were, were hurt. And they still didn't have, like, a terrible season. I mean, they missed the playoffs and it was disappointing, but... With a fully healthy roster this year, obviously you can't control the other 15 teams in the conference, but or can you? Those, but those three guys are still on
0: the roster. Um, yeah, I mean, for the team to make the playoffs, and you know, I, the the front office knew that a number of things would have to line up one after another and be correct. Everything starts obviously with Jonathan Quick and, and remaining healthy. There's no no concern right now. Um, Rebounds again from Andre Kopitar, Tyler Toffoli being healthy, the ability to increase offense without losing their defensive play and checking and, and structure, tight identity uh, was another one of them, and um, getting good contributions from guys rotating in on the back end. You know, I, When I was speaking with people in the front office over the offseason, I did not get the sense that you know that they expected to be in first place at the start of December. Um, but this is what's happening because a lot of every single one of these questions are, is coming up positive. I mean, the fact that like Dustin Brown being a near point to game player was not something that was even really part of the grand <laughs> oh, I mean, He was a huge free pre, agent acquisition <laughs> over the offseason. If the, the
2: Kings had him on the roster the last three years, they would have been great. Um, I feel like I have to bleep that now. <laughs> why? He's a completely different player. That's no, he a, absolutely is. Bad. No, and no, look, we've been this, saying it all week. You're right. He's, he's become. I don't even know, I don't even know what the comparison is, but you know it's just adding that caliber of a player to the roster and just seeing how much fun he had. Like that Gabryk, uh Kobytzar two on one goal yesterday, yeah. where Brown wasn't in the play whatsoever, got the assist because he sent the puck up. But you know in the past you just see him kind of celebrate, skate for right. a while, but he just jumps right into the bench, like acting yeah. like he did everything. <laughs> I mean, he but but the point is though, is that you see like just actual like fun emotion from him on the ice, where in the past you just. Not that he looked nervous or anything, but you didn't see this.
1: So I, I just want to focus on that play really quickly. To this is just a,
2: a, a, a yeah. Draw the play out for people listening. Well, no, I just want to I want to
1: address something that Alex Faust said last night, and and something that I noticed while watching the highlight when I got home that I didn't notice live, and and this is a, a sidebar to the conversation we're having, but. Faust talked about one of the things that surprised him, and and I've, we hear this from everybody who joins the organization. We heard it when Lombardi joined, Sutter joined. They're always surprised at how the fans are passionate and knowledgeable more than what they expected. And what I noticed watching the highlight of that play is when Kopitar and Gaborik hit the red line. Uh, you could hear all of a sudden the crowd. There was a an inhalation, a gasp, and a, and a. And a And they start cheering as Gabrik and Kopitar hit the the red line. Then they get to the blue line, and the crowd gets progressively louder as the two of them get closer to the net. And that sort of moment, as you were talking about the fun, the the excitement, that's the sort of thing that I I missed when it happened live, right? Because I was caught up in focusing, oh my, you know, there's a two-on-one, are they going to finish this off? But then going back and watching the replay when I got home, like I said, hearing the crowd build and crescendo, to the moment they finally score, that was that was just one of those little moments that really that stood out for me, and, and I'm glad I went back and watched yeah. the play now.
2: No, it, it's uh, since Rosen already name dropped them, but uh, I talked to Pat Donahue in the press box about it a few <laughs> a few weeks ago, and it was you know in the past if the Kings went down two nothing or two one going into the third, it's like everyone in the press will kind of start like packing their stuff up like there's, the game's kind of over, right? And like. They just keep coming back. I mean, what was your stat? They're like 18-0-0 when Trey Lane going into the third period. That's not my stat. But, <laughs> but they're... No, but, no, but it's, but but it's had, a completely, yeah. again, completely different team that it, fans aren't giving up on it. And no. it's, it's it reminds me of just like the 2011-12 run where they just won. And it. it's fun to see them yeah. actually win and not just
0: slog out wins. We're saying this about like what was a Kings Wild game for like, the first two periods <laughs> in, well, in early December. That's the <laughs> point. That's the point. Yeah. It's like, because I, you know, the Wild have been a good team and, and the Kings have been a good team, but when these two teams match up against each other, there's a couple of teams that maybe you can throw in there too when they, when they, when any consortium of these teams may meet. Um, that it's, a, uh, it, it's not the best hockey. I was no. talking with Christian Follin about this, too, and he was talking about how... Just the name drop. Simi- yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking about... <laughs> um, no, please bleep that up. <laughs> uh, and so, you know, Follin was saying, yes, the two teams are very similar, and everything that they were trying to do as a defenseman was just push everything to the outside so yeah. Minnesota. Keep everything to the outside. And, you know, it's not always like this when these teams meet up in St. Paul. But at Staples Center, they're not always the most entertaining games between those two teams. They've done for 40 minutes. I was going
2: to say, yeah, that's a little bit of a revisionist history on my part. That first 40 minutes of that game Ooh. work.
0: And then, yeah, and then, you know, things happen. There's, there's always, I take notes, copious notes throughout every single game. And there are a number of times where through 40 minutes, I might have written down one thing, which was the case night. Bye, And then it's, you know, All it is, is just a Simpsons quote. Right. Um, but then there's always, there's always something that you see that you might not have seen before or something that's new and unique. Um, and that's, again, why we all love sports, because it doesn't matter what day it is. It doesn't matter if you're playing the Sharks in Game 7 or if you're playing a... Thursday night game against the Ottawa Senators in December there's always going to be something that you didn't see before and that you didn't know um, maybe challenges what you thought or would, would expected uh, about a certain player about a group
1: so let's talk about the team in general because there was a stat that I stumbled on uh, quite by accident I, I mentioned it last night in the post game but I'll, uh, I'll re- go into it a little bit deeper um, on this episode and that is giveaways and takeaways and and I understand don't ever look at those stats no I'm not. I'm not going to focus in on the. No, no, I understand. This no, no, no. Alex, I said the exact same thing. So I'm going to preface it by saying it's a highly, highly subjective stat. Each building has their own version of what it means. It doesn't necessarily. It shouldn't they be reflective. That's
0: that and that's not against any. Un-
1: understood. Guys, so, so, but this mean. is. But this is the thing that stood out to me because. I wasn't going to parse it out the way I would, like, how many, you know, like, last year you can say Kopitar scored 12 goals, this year he already has more, so ipso facto this is a better season, but this is what I noticed, the number of each of those stats is is higher this year than for the past eight seasons, it's which... It's
0: faster, there's more offense. Well,
1: that's, but that's exactly what I wanted to focus on, is that you can, by that little stat, I could see, oh, this team really is trading more chances per game than maybe in past years. I wouldn't go that
0: far. I wouldn't say trading more chances per game, but I would say it's like the the fielding percentage is never really a good uh, uh, metric for grading uh, infielders in baseball. It's the old Ray Ordonez thing. Ray Ordonez, for a number of years, he was this great Mets shortstop. He and Omar Vizquel were the two best defensive shortstops in baseball, and they would never be among the league leaders in fielding percentage just because... They got to so many balls and had so many other balls in play that just other, that would be hits against any other shortstop. So it goes back to like the whole Drew Dowdy and Jake Muzzin thing. Um, You know, these guys will often be digged for more quote unquote giveaways just because they they are on so many more plays than any other type of, any other types of defensemen. so, um, if there's an overall league-wide spike, and I haven't seen that there is, if, if, if you say there is, that oh, I just was just
1: being the Kings specifically.
0: Oh, yeah, that's just probably because the team is more, um, you know, mobile. And, and again, there there have been puck management issues with this Kings team, especially even you know probably for the first twenty games or so of the season. Uh, even when the Kings were nine one and one, they were turning the puck over too poorly uh, in the neutral zone. They were having trouble. They weren't getting their forecheck out. Um, The difference now between what we're seeing now and what you saw in that 9-1-1 streak is the fact that the Kings are really checking well. They're suppressing shots, suppressing chances. Uh, What they did against the Blackhawks, especially in the first and third periods, and then what they did pretty much throughout the entirety of that Minnesota game, and especially in that third period again. um, They're playing their game. They're getting their team game going. They're checking well. And it's back to that more familiar Kings style of, of suppressing offense. Uh, whereas that wasn't there and they were just getting bailed out by Jonathan Quick that first month of the
2: season the, the fans love when we suppress offense yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well but that's why I've stood out that's
1: I mean there was a game earlier this season where um I saw Andreoff and I'm uh, sorry fans you've heard me harp on this point five times now but there was the Andrioff Shore Lewis line was out there and they were flying back and forth you know I think in one shift they may have skated the length of the ice three or four times. I mean, and and I was stunned because that, to me, that's not a line that I think of as being, you know, playing that sort of high energy back and forth game all the time. I think of that line as a more defensive line, you know, pinning the other team in their zone, cycling, holding on to the puck, etc. And so when I stumbled onto this stat where, you know, like the giveaways are 313 already at this point in the season, which puts them on pace for somewhere in the high 800s, which is would be the most they've had since 2009-10. I don't focus on that to suggest, oh, there's so many giveaways, there must be bad at events. I'm just saying this, because the takeaways have also gone up. Um,
0: yeah, I don't and so just, to me, but
1: I'm just wondering if that's a reflection of the of the change in style.
0: I think that this the raise is probably a little bit tied in with mm-hmm. that. But again, that's, those aren't really stats that the team uses. They're more looking at, you know, um, what the most important kind of metrics that the team uses is how many uh, scoring chances per player they're generating for check, Scoring chances per player they're generating off the rush. Scoring chances per player when they're already set up in the zone. And where those scoring chances are, are coming from. And that's where you see you know, Pierre Turgeon. Really, uh, Bill Ranford does that against the team, I think, a mm. little bit more. But that, that's what they look at. Um, who, when, and where, and in what situation are those scoring chances coming from.
1: You getting on this bumper? Yeah. All All right. Right. Oh, I expect a full uh, a full recap of this conversation in the column.
2: Well, speaking of stats, and I know the Kings play the the Senators tomorrow night, so we'll get a nice Dowdy versus uh, Carlson showdown. But John, you'll be back on Saturday, correct? Yes, yes. So can we start talking midichlorian count for Star Wars night? <laughs> what is
0: what's midichlorian count? For? Uh, it's not it's uh, like not anymore. It's bless like your heart night. for not knowing that. Uh, what is it? Is that a Star Wars thing? Or yeah, no, no, it's Star Wars. It's totally Star Wars. I'm, I like a, Star Wars, but I'm not a, I'm not. It, a, I'm it was it was
1: something there. introduced in the prequels, and Star Wars fans get very very oh.
2: Upset about it, yeah. Those yes. were really yes. bad. They pretty yes. much, they the pretty much said if you were going to become a Jedi, <laughs> I went. I they, they made it into a science instead of an art. Yeah. Oh, but okay. anyway, but, but it's Star Wars night. Can we be excited about that? Who's the biggest star? Who is the biggest of, of the king's Twitter
0: spirit? Who's the biggest Star Wars man?
2: Well, I don't know about t- Twitter stratosphere, but I know Jack A. Wilson recorded a few interviews with the Kings players today asking them which yeah. player is like who. Uh, I, I actually... Heard some of it's,
1: it's, uh, yeah, yeah. it's a guy named Eric on Twitter. Uh, I'm not going to try and pronounce wow. the last name. Eric Quant. Um Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He's, yeah. He is a huge star. So. We
0: heard uh, Dustin Brown said that... Uh, I, this is just a preview. You'll be able to get this on, I believe, Kings Weekly on Thursday night, um, that Dustin Brown believes... Uh, if there was one Jedi on this Kings team that it would be Tyler Toffoli because the puck always finds him. Oh.
2: I would have thought quick for all those Jedi saves. There was there was that one mind bending save yeah. I think he made against yeah. Calgary like 5
0: years ago, yeah.
1: And uh I will be appearing uh during the first intermission that night and I've got some I've got some
0: <laughs> some Star Wars will you surprises. Be in
1: no, but I've got some. That'd <laughs> be I mean, a great surprise. I'm very excited about what we have planned for Saturday no, night.
0: No, I know. Uh, coming back to marketing, so I know that Kings will be wearing uh, warm-up jerseys. They will not I, be, John. Never mind. What <laughs> <laughs> I saw it in the office the other day. It was a Jake Muzzin
2: Stormtrooper jersey. Those will be auctioned off by KingsCare for oh, charity. Oh, okay,
0: okay, okay. Well, can uh, you reserve me to Muzzin?
2: No, but it's it's again just like more organizational wide. Like again, like it's they're doing more fun things and. Uh, I'm... I, it's really cool to be around this organization right now. Fun bobbleheads, actual fun, uh, fun nights, and uh, Jesse on TV. You know, two out of three ain't bad. <laughs> that last one still still
1: doesn't make sense to me. But like I said, excited for what we have planned for Star Wars night. So, uh, anything else we want to cover before we wrap up from the Toyota Sports Center? How many
2: kings are going to make the All Star team? Come? Oh, I
0: have a Jeff Carter update. Again. <laughs> Let's this is actually serious because well, John, when, get when, because when, no one is <laughs> staying like 40 minutes. Are you camp. Are you
2: saying that we should start a campaign to get Jeff Carter in the All Star Game? Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: first of all, it, he it, could it,
1: drop the opening puck.
2: I mean,
0: I'll mention this in the uh, practice notes uh, today too. But again, Jeff Carter, we saw him today walking through the corridor uh, around the uh, reporters and in, in the team's uh, headquarters, where uh, he was still in, uh, using a crutch and limping with a boot. Generally, this is progress because the last time I'd seen him, he was still in a roll, rollabout. Roll, rollabout, I think is what you call his contraptions. It's those a radio shooter. Is, yeah. <laughs> um, so it's still a ways away. I mean, it's even. It's still going to take like a month even before that time comes when he even steps on the ice. And we don't even know what that is yet. So uh, he's a ways away. I try to update this a number of times a week on Twitter, on the site. So if you continually ask me on Twitter, just be <laughs> prepared. I might retweet you and then laugh maniacally as I'm waiting in line for and Gage in or something Guys, well, one more thing before we go yeah there? of course John do you have a Jeff Carter update for us <laughs>
2: <laughs> don't worry Kings fans when I'm running LA Kings Insider there'll be an hourly post about the latest happenings with Jeff Carter
1: how has none of us started a, a Twitter account called is Jeff Carter
2: back yet well, you, I, just I every day I mean I literally just said my bit that I'm going to do for yeah, this starter, so thanks for taking it Well, <laughs> <laughs> well I'm just saying uh, so, John, I want
1: to thank you for joining me as always. My
0: pleasure, Jesse. Thank
2: you. Ghost of Jeff Carter, I want to thank you for joining us. Thank
0: you, Jesse.
2: <laughs> Pumper, thanks as always. The last thing that you should know the difference between me as LA Kings Insider and mm-hmm. John and his predecessor, Rich, is they both had three syllables in their name, whereas Pumper didn't And
0: his, his last name, <laughs> See, that's, that's the weird true. part about That's this true. Too. That's, his first <laughs> name is Bernie. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, thank you, King Sense. <clears throat> thanks for listening, King fans. We'll talk to you soon.